So we've been talking about this idea of whole life generosity, right? That every part of our life is to be generous. And so yesterday we had an awesome opportunity, several of us, to be generous to our community. And so we worked at the Turkey Creek Festival and were uh, volunteers there yesterday. And it was awesome to see that we had so many people that they were actually turning us away saying, we don't have anything for you to do. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you giving your time in that and being a part of that because it was a great time. And I can tell you, as we're going to see today, even that you can be blessed by giving in your time, right? You can be blessed in that moment and you can be blessed from being able to be a part of that. So, we're walking into this series called Mine, right? And the idea is that we are evolving in our generosity, that we are changing in our generosity from this childlike mindset of everything being mine, 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 to being a generous, open-fisted person, right? To where everything that we have, whether it be our time, our talent, our money, all of those different things that God has given us, we are willing to open those up to the people that are around us. And what we've done is we've kind of categorized those into three different areas. So the way that we share our life, right? So we open our life to others. We invite people into our homes. We interact with others. We spend time in community, such as at church and different things like that. So we share our life. But then also we invest our resources, right? The things that God has given us. We put those into things that will give us a return, right? A return into the kingdom. And then we've talked about how we serve our church, right? How we serve our church and how we help this body function in the way that this body should function, right? In the way that God has created it to work is for each and every one of us to take a part in it with the giftings that he has given us. And so we, we lump all those three things together to create this idea of whole life generosity, Everything within us is generous. And I can't say it enough throughout this series, right, that if we want to inspire you to trust in and live like Jesus, then when people look at us, they should see Jesus. And when you look at Jesus, you see Jesus as a very generous, generous person, right? Even as we just remembered through our Lord's Supper, a time where he was so generous that he gave his life for us by death on a cross, Right? He gave his life for us. That's how much he cared for and loved us. Now, in week one, we talked about this idea of this is not a natural thing for us, right? This is not a natural thing for us to open up our fist and say, oh, yes, take everything that I have, right? Our natural tendency is this idea of mine. We're going to hang on to everything that we get and everything that God gives us, everything that we accumulate. We're going to hold on to that, and that is for me and no one else, right? But then we looked at how we, uh, if we are to be like Jesus, then we are opening our hand and we are generous with the things that we have. Then last week, we looked at this idea of letting go can sometimes hurt, right? It can get us a little bit agitated. It can even make us a little bit sore. When we have to give of our time, when we have to give of our resources, when we have to serve our church, it can sometimes hurt. Hurt. I'll be honest with you. Yesterday when I woke up and it was raining, I'm like, oh, today's going to hurt, right? If we've got to serve all day at Turkey Creek and it's raining, man, that might hurt a little bit, right? But that's what we talked about last week was, again, letting go, opening up that fist often can hurt. 
But today what we're going to look at is this idea of what tends to keep us from being fully generous. What keeps us from opening up our hands? And I think it's this, is that our mentality sometimes, oftentimes, is that we look at the things that we have from a scarcity standpoint instead of an abundance standpoint. Right? A scarcity standpoint instead of an abundance standpoint. Well, this is all I have. Right? That's a scarcity standpoint. But then an abundance standpoint says, man, look at what God has given me. I'm going to use that to be generous. You see the difference there? And so, yeah, if I only have this, then that's really all I can do. But if it's, oh, man, look at what God's doing and what he's given me, I have more to give. Right? I have more to give. Now, I think we've, we have clearly established, or hopefully we have clearly established throughout this series that God is a generous God. His heart is to be generous. He is a giver, right? And he is wide open fisted in the things that he gives to us as his people and as his believers. But again, the biggest obstacle that we have is this idea of, okay, if I give up the things that God has given me, then I'm not going to have them right? If I give it up, then I'm not going to have it. But here's what culture tells us, right? Because culture kind of instills this this in us. They say, you better set yourself up for success, right? You better set yourself up. And so you better accumulate the things that you need. You better set up retirement so that you're fixed up and set. You see how it's all pointing back to you, right? Bye, bye, bye. For the things that you need and the things that you want to get. Now, I have, we have a good friend of New City Church. His name's Patrick Johnson, and he is the president of, of an organization called Generous Church. And we work with them to see how we as a church can be more and more generous with the things that we as a church have. And he's actually speaking in Shawnee this morning. But the cool thing that he has, or the thing that he always talks about, is that if we are living this life of whole life generosity, we have this thing on the other side called God adventures, right? God adventures. In other words, God has something for us on the other side of this fear of letting go. But when we let go, we find on the other side this huge, huge freedom that we don't experience unless we push through that fear. So let me give you an example. I I think a great illustration. So our son Graham, he learned how to ride his bike this past spring break without training wheels. Now, he had the training wheels on there, right? And he was riding just fine with the training wheels really folded up to where they're not even touching the ground, right? And so he's cruising along, but those training wheels gave him this safety and this security as he was riding to feel like everything's good, right? The training wheels are on. But then when we took them off, man, it brought this complete freedom to where he could go and what he could do, right? Because now he's jumping off curbs. He's swerving down the road. He's not just staying straight, right? He's, he's riding through the yard and all these different things where his training wheels ultimately, though he felt safe in it, were holding him up from the freedom that he had on the other side of that. And so when the training wheels were off, man, he's now on an adventure, Right? He is enjoying life on his bike while his brother is stuck on a crack in the sidewalk because he's still got his training wheels on. He goes flying by. Ha, ha, ha. Right? Because he's enjoying this freedom that has come because the training wheels have come off. 
Now, here's the cool thing about generosity, okay? Again, when we push through that fear, we have those God-sized adventures waiting for us on the other side. So here's our truth for today, okay? We've been talking through these ideas of truths in our generosity. So here's our truth for today. You cannot outgive God, okay? You cannot outgive God. And when we believe this, we discover that God also replenishes what we have given away, right? He replenishes what we have given away. And so what that allows us to do is press through that fear that creates within us this idea that if I give that away, I'm no longer going to have it, right? If I give all that away, then I'm not going to have it. And if I give up my time on a Saturday, guess what? I'm not going to have that time for me. If I give up my resources, then that's money that I'm not going to have, right? If I serve my church, then that's going to be time and maybe even resources, money that I may not have. Because why? Because I've given it. I've given it. But here's the thing. What I want to walk through this morning are these two ideas that can maybe help us break through that fear. Okay, that can kind of maybe if we've kind of opened our fist through this series, we can say, okay, I'm willing to completely open up my fist in generosity. I'm willing to fully share my life. I'm willing to fully invest my resources. I'm willing to fully serve my church. I'm willing. I'm open handed. So here's the first one. Okay, the first one is that God is the the most generous giver. Right? God is the first and most generous giver. Right? He is the first and most generous giver. Today we're going to be in the book of 2 Corinthians, if you have your Bible. If you don't, that's okay. It's going to be in your worship guide, okay? And we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And this is the second letter that Paul has written to the Corinthians. So he wrote the first one, and now he comes back and he says, I tell you what, I'm going to give you a little bit more information because I think you need a little bit more help. Okay, And so where they are now is that he is encouraging them to take up and bring in this offering from their church, ultimately, from their gathering of people at this time. He is encouraging them to bring in this offering. And so if we start in verse 1, that's where we'll begin in chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians. And it says this. It says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God granted to the churches of Macedonia. During a severe testing of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed into the wealth of their generosity. Okay, let me read that again. During a severe testing of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed into the wealth of their generosity. And I testify that on their own, according to their ability and beyond their ability, they begged us insistently... For the privilege of sharing in the ministry of the saints and not just as we had hoped. So here you have the Macedonians, okay? And Paul is going to use them as a comparative to the Corinthians. He's going to say, look, the Macedonians are under affliction. They are under oppression. The oppression that they were under was that the Roman government was pressing into them and taxing them more than they could imagine. And so they didn't have a lot to give, but what they did is they said, no, we have an abundance, right? Instead of looking at it from a scarcity standpoint, they said, we have an abundance. Though we be poor, we're going to give what we can give and we're going to be generous in doing it. We're going to be generous in doing it. And so Paul speaking to the Corinthians, the Corinthians were rich folks. Like they had an abundance 
abundance, as we're about to read here in a moment. They had so much. But Paul says, look at the Macedonians, Corinthians. They don't have anything, but they are generous with everything that they have. They're so generous with everything that they have. And so if we continue down in verse uh, 7, look what he says. He says, now as you excel in everything, right? So he's speaking to the Corinthians. As you excel in everything, faith, speech, knowledge, and in all diligence and in your love for us, excel also in this grace, this idea of generosity. Excel in this as well. Like you are far beyond the Macedonians in your faith, in your knowledge, in all of those things. And I know that you have more than they do. So be generous in this as well. That's what he's desiring for the Corinthians. Be generous in everything that you have. And look in verse 8. He says, I'm not saying this is a command. Rather, by means of the diligence of others, I am testing the genuineness of your love. So out of love, be generous, Corinthians. Out of your love, be generous. And then he, he brings in this example of Jesus. Jesus is generous. And look what he says. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. Now I am giving an opinion on this because it is profitable for you. It is profitable for you. Now does that mean that we all go out and we sell everything we have and we come to this place of complete poverty? No. Because we ultimately live in abundance. Like if you take us as a group and you compare us to the rest of the world, each and every one of us in this room live in abundance of what we have. Of what we have and the things that we have. But look here. Think about Jesus and how rich he was, okay? Just think about this for a second. And not that he was physically rich. Not that he had tons of money and a huge house and had the sea and like the, the upgraded camel. Like he didn't have all of that, Right? But what he did have was this. He had everything that was created by him and for him. Right? Everything was created by him and for him. He had a perfect relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit in the Trinity. He knew everything. He owned everything. And he was ultimately at the pinnacle of having everything. Right? He was rich. But what did he do? He gave his life. And he became poor, right? He lost it all. But truly what he did is he gave it away. Right? He didn't really lose it. He gave it away. And why did he give it? Because of his love for each and every one of us. His abundance of love that was pouring out of his heart spoke to his level of generosity. Right? His love for us spoke to his level of generosity. So when we talk about serving our church, look here. Our level of generosity is because of our love for the other people that are sitting in this room and the people who are not yet sitting in this room. That's where our abundance comes from. That's where our love comes from. That's where our generous heart should come from is our care for those people. Investing our resources because of our love for what we want to do in the community and how we want to impact it. Right? Sharing our life because we love one another and want to spend time giving to one another in this community and fellowship. This past week, uh, Terry sent me this awesome tweet from a guy by the name of Brian Loritz. He's a pastor, and he says this. This was his tweet. The term generous can be deceptive. 
leading us to think that generosity is like extra credit, something we don't necessarily have to do. But generosity is not extra credit, but it is at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. Right? It is at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. We are to be generous, generous people as followers of Jesus. That's what we're asked to do. That's what we're called to do as followers. Now, here's the thing. Here's our next thing for breaking through this fear of opening up our hands, opening up our fists. Look here. You can't outgive God. He won't let you. Right? You can't outgive God. He won't let you. Now again, does that mean that we go and we clear out our, our bank account and say, well, you know, he said he can't outgive. No, no, no. There's obviously some some thinking through in that that we need to do. But here's the thing when we do give, he will not let us outgive him. So look over in Second Corinthians uh, chapter or verse excuse me, chapter nine, if you turn the page there. He's continuing to talk about this idea of the Corinthian church giving of their resources, giving of the things that they have. And he says in verse six, and maybe you've heard this before, he says, remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Now he is taking this to a place of agricultural terms for these folks to get a clear picture of what this would look like. So if you have a farmer and he has his bag of seed and he just takes a little handful and he goes out there and he spreads it out, he cannot expect a great return, right? But if he were to take a big old scoop or maybe even the whole bag, not proper farming techniques, but to take the whole bag and just to shake it out on the ground, his return is going to be far greater. Why? Because he has sowed more, right? He has dispersed more, But this is how God works with us, is as we disperse, he returns what we are giving. So look, as you continue down, it says each person should do this as he has decided in his heart. In his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So not reluctantly going, oh great, got to give again, got to go serve again. Oh, great. Not reluctantly, right? And not out of necessity. In other words, not because Ray said, right? Not because Pastor Matt says, not because Pastor Ray says, but because you are cheerfully giving. You have decided in your heart, this is what the Lord wants me to do. And I can tell you, when you have decided on what the Lord wants you to do, you will see a return on the things that you give. It'll happen. It'll happen. But look here, when you put these two texts together, okay, the one we just read in chapter 8 and in chapter 9, here's what Paul is ultimately saying. Stick your eyes on Jesus first, right? He is the most generous person that we have. He is the example for us. He is the model. So stick your eyes on Jesus. And then what he did, he was generous. You do that. And when you do that, you're going to see that he will give you what you need. Because look at what verse 8 says here in chapter 9. It says, and God is able to make every grace overflowing to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Everything that you need, 
right? He will provide that. He will do that. Even in your generosity, when you feel like, man, I don't have it, he will be generous to you. If we keep going, he says here in verse 9, as it is written, he scattered, he gave the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for the food will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And you will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. But look at those words that are used there, right? He will provide seed for the sower in verse 10. He will provide seed for the sower and bread for the food and will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest. So not only is he going to provide for you physically in the things that you need, but in doing so, your spirituality, your righteousness will increase. You'll see increase through your what? Through your obedience in your generosity. So this is a promise that the generous, generous God is making to you. And look at the words he uses there. Again, provides, right? But then from there, multiply and increase and enrich. And that's what he desires to do for you. So let me give you a little bit of an example here. So we have a generous God, okay? We have a very generous God. I think we've established that. Have we established that? Can we agree? Yes? Okay. And then we take steps to live generously, right? And then God, what he does is he promises to fill us back up as we give. And then as we continue to live more generously, he is able to then fill up more. And this generosity cycle continues. It continues to where we are now giving out of abundance, right? Because why? Because we cannot outgive God. Now, I've asked uh, Jake to help me with our little example here, our little illustration. So, again, what we've done is we've broken those three areas of our life, okay? So sharing our life, investing our resources, and serving our church. So we have those three that come together to create this idea of whole life generosity, right? And last week, we talked about how the lowest block in those areas is the one that's going to continue to keep us from filling up our generosity, right? The goodness that, that God has for us, that lowest point will be as high as we can get in our generosity, So here's the idea that we're talking about this morning is that if I am in this place of saying, okay, I am sometimes going to be generous, right? Sometimes I'll be generous. So we don't, we don't necessarily give a lot, but we are sometimes generous. Okay. So I'm going to be sometimes generous. I'm going to give you this lovely bowl of stuff. Okay. But as I do so, here's what God does. God fills it back up. And he allows us more. So then I look at that and go, wow, that's a promise that God has made me. And look, he has fulfilled it. And so then I say, okay, I think I'm going to move from maybe sometimes being generous. I'm going to actually move to being often generous. Right? And so now that allows him to fill it even more. Right? To fill it back up. So here's what I do. I now become even more generous. So I'm going to give... What I've got here, I'm going to be super generous. I'm going to get this stuff everywhere, right? But I'm going to be super generous, and I'm going to give you one. And I'm going to give you one. And I'm going to be super generous. But while I'm doing that, look what the Lord's doing. The Lord is filling me back up, right? He's filling me back up. And then in doing that, I see that he has again fulfilled a promise that he has made me, that I can't outgive him. 
So what do I do? I say, man, I'm going to be whole life generous, and I'm even going to give more. And so I'm going to, I'm going to spend more time doing this in a whole life generous way. And if I do so, then what the Lord has promised me is, look, I can't outgive him. And so, hey, I've got more to give. And now I'm giving out of this abundance that he has given me, right? And it continues to fill and fill in such a way that we can't outgive him. He won't let us. He won't let us. But here's the thing. I want to show you a story of, um, of a lady who, in her generosity, she got to experience a God adventure. <laughs> a God adventure. And I can tell you that if she would not have opened her fist, if she would not have opened her hand, I don't know that the Lord would have blessed her in this next step of generosity. So as we're watching this video... Just think about how this little opening of her hand has opened up this huge story of now what God is doing in her life. So check this out. But isn't that a great story? A great story of generosity, right? Generosity that then triggered generosity within another. But what she said there at the end, we don't give just to give, right? We give because of what Jesus did for us. And here's the thing. When you hear stories like that, I love hearing stories like that, but here's the thing. When you hear somebody say that, here's who you usually don't hear say that, are folks whose fists are closed tight, right, with their time and with their talent and with their treasures. You don't get to hear those stories from those folks. You get to hear those stories from the folks who are willing to do what God's asking them to do. God stirs in Catherine's heart. You've been raising this money, but what I want you to do with it is give it to this person who needs it more than you. And then in return, he fills her back up, right? He fills her back up because you can't outgive God. Now, does that mean that you go today and you give $5,000 and he brings you a brand new car the next day? I don't know, right? I don't know. That looks different for each and every one of us. But I do know that maybe God's asking you again to add a block somewhere. He's asking you to take a step somewhere. But I can promise you that when you do that, he is going to bless you for it. He's going to put something on the other side of it for you. A God adventure of some kind, right? And that's what we want to ask you to do today. Again, take a step in one of those areas to share your life, to invest your resources, or to serve your church. Take a step. I told you a couple weeks ago that when Abby and I first got married, we were really good at serving, but we weren't great at tithing. <laughs> like, we didn't give our finances because why? Well, we're newlyweds. We don't have a lot of money. We still don't have a lot of money. But anyway, we were, we were holding on to it, saying this is ours. And then we began to give a little bit, and we saw how the Lord blessed that on the other side, and we said, okay, we're going to give more. And then we saw him bless that. Okay, we're going to give a little more. But he continued to fill us up in that area where we were deficient, if you will, where we were low and where we weren't being fully obedient to what he was asking us to do. But I can tell you that out of that, you get to see stories, maybe not as cool as this one, right? But you get to see stories of God providing just when you need it, right? And replenishing what you've given. It's an incredible, it's an incredible story to be a part of. So today, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you, what do you have the training wheels on? Right? What do you have the training wheels on that you need to take those off and break through that wall of fear and see God do something? Is it sharing your life? 
Is it serving your church? Is it investing your resources? Where is it? Where is it that he's so asking you to say, open your fists, open your hand, be generous, just as I've been generous for you. Okay? Let me pray for us as we continue. So, Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that you are a generous and giving God, a God that loves us so much, again, that you would give your son, Lord, that you would give your son through death on a cross. Father, we thank you so much for it. Lord, may we give as we have seen the example you have shown us through your son. May we be generous with the things that you give us. May we be generous with our time. May we be generous with our treasures. May we be generous with our talents and all the things that we have, Father. May we be generous with those things, Lord, so that we can see you then fulfill the promise that you have made, Lord, that you will do far more than we can ask or imagine. And so, Lord, I pray that wherever that might be in our hearts, whatever area that might be that we need to add a block, Lord, that you will work on our hearts today. And that you will push us in a direction that you so desire us to be. And Lord, may we be fully obedient to what you're asking us to do. And Lord, may we be fully obedient to what you're asking us to do as a church and as a body here. Lord, where you're asking us to go and where you're asking us to invest maybe time or resources into our community and the people that are around us. Lord, may we join you in the stream of where you're already working and what you're already doing. Lord, lead us to that. Show us what that might be as well. And Father, we give this time to you. Lord, I pray that your word is spoken to our hearts today as it has spoken to mine this past week. And Lord, may we begin to open up our fist even more to what you have for us. And we just thank you so much. And we praise you for who you are. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen.